Well, good morning, church family. It is a blessing to be with you this morning. Um, first of all, I would like for us to give Ike McClendon a big round of applause. Um, if you'll look at all of our classrooms, he's put new doors on with windows on, um, just trying to, we're just trying to work hard to make uh, our classrooms more safe and, and protect our kids and, and uh, just take all those precautions that we need to. And Ike has, um, anything we have asked him to do, he's just jumped on it and, and, uh, and blessed this church family in so many ways. And he'll be leading us tonight also. Um, and I pray that you'll come back and enjoy that time together um, as we watch um, number seven of The Chosen. Um, Heather and I have watched it, and it's eye-opening. And, uh, you know, some of it is, is not things that we um, totally understand, but it make you think. And I'd encourage you to come back tonight and, and be with the church family on that. Um, hope you brought your Bibles. Um, some of you may be wondering why, why we have that rack of Bibles back there. We are trying to encourage everybody to bring your Bible. Why is that important? There's so many studies that are going on right now about why it's important to have the physical Bible with us. One of the greatest that I know is how important is it for your kids to see you in it? They don't know what you're looking at on your phone. So let's bring your Bibles. We want to encourage you to bring your Bibles. We want to encourage our kids to bring your Bibles. The Wilhelms will have to have another backpack for all their Bibles. That's okay. I'll buy you the backpack. Okay? Let's bring our Bibles and uh, be ready for that. And in the toddler class on Wednesday... Um, where's Coop? Coop's not here. Oh, he, Coop's back there. All my kids are back there. Anyway, we learned the B-I-B-L-E song and how important it is um, to bring our, our Bibles. But uh, hope that you'll uh, join with us in there. Um, and as we go through God's Word uh, this morning, um, I hope that you will be turning those pages and studying with me. And the importance of that is so that you know the truth that we know and we grow together. Also want to give an encouragement out. I was wrong, Doug. I said, no, you don't have to register. I guess we are registering. I want to encourage everybody on the marriage seminar, please sign up and be here. I don't care how long you've been married. I'm fixing to be 26 years. We still need to go to this. Okay? Heather and I have been to many of these. It is a blessing. It's important to your marriage. It's important to your kids. It's important to your family. And we want this to be a huge outreach for this church family. There are many in this town that need this. And we pray that you will take this and encourage people to come. Okay? Um, uh, Randy and Karen Roper will be doing it. He's the preaching, one of the preaching ministers at the Edmund Church of Christ in Edmond, Oklahoma. Um, and he will be, it will be a blessing 
to you um, and your marriage. So please make plans to be here for that. Visitors, we want you to know you are how special you are to us this morning and, and that uh, you're in a safe place. A place where we want to love people and we want to care for you. We're all sinners saved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's a blessing to have you. And we mean that with all of our hearts. Um, Jake and Barry are both on vacation. Ken Allen was supposed to come speak to us. He called last week and couldn't come. And Jake went through four more guys to try to get somebody up here. And you ended up with me. I'm sorry. So visitors, please come back. Please come back, okay? Um, but it's a blessing to be together and to worship with you this morning. Let's pray. Dear God, we love you. We bow before you in, in awe and excitement and in joy that we're able to be here to worship you. For you are a king. You are Elohim. You're Yahweh. And dear Lord, we uh, are so thankful. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. And as we study that now, we pray that you will touch our hearts and lead us closer to you. And may we follow Jesus with all of our hearts, our minds and our souls. Thank you for prayer. Thank you for always being there for us. May we rely on that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Reality. Webster determines it as the quality or state of being real, a real event, an entity, or state of affairs, the totality of real things and events. Many of us go through some major reality checks in our lives, don't we? If you love the Olympics like I do, you, you've seen several of those, haven't you? Simone Biles has not lost a gymnastics meet in eight years. Knocked out by the twisties. Grant Holloway, unbeatable in the 100-meter hurdles. Labeled as unbeatable. Had won, had not lost the race in 2021. Had three of the four fastest times in the world. And came close to breaking the world record at the U.S. Olympic trials. And he got silver. U.S. men's 4 by 100 meter relay did not even make the finals. What about your reality? Have you or 
Are you fixing to have a reality check? Summer's over, kids. <laughs> Teachers, summer's over. Some of us have empty nest again. Some of us have empty nest for the first time. I'm sorry. That's tough. Some are starting new jobs. Some are trying to start new businesses. Some businesses are trying to keep afloat with all the craziness going on. Some of us are growing old. Some have new knees, new hips, new hearing devices, bifocals. Bob, I hate bifocals. Reading glasses. Heath can't go anywhere without reading glasses. Some have lost loved ones recently. We have reality checks in our life. For many of us, our re reality or state of existence on this earth has changed a lot over the last couple of years. Many of us have lost our jobs and had to start a whole new career. Our world has so many people in it that live in constant fear right now. And anger toward each other. J.W. Berry said this, The life of every man is a diary on which he means to write one story and writes another and in his humblest hour is when he compares the volume as it is written with what he vowed to make it. As humans, we have expectations of our reality. We long to write this beautiful, beautiful story of our lives, of what we're going to be or who we are. And these pictures can show us how a lot of times that's not true, is it? Take this one for example. Teachers, expectations. It's a beautiful, look at her smiling. <laughs> that kid wants to learn so much right now. Reality. Okay? Moms and dads is all. Man, so peaceful. Reality. How about the wind blow? Oh, man, she's beautiful. I look like that all the time, right? Reality. Yeah, that brings it, I can't go there. Okay, expectations. Are expectations a good thing? Absolutely. Have you ever had to write a job description? It is so hard, isn't it? 
But how important is that job description? What does that do for you? It gives you direction. It knows what, you know what to expect. You know what you're required to do or what they want you to do. We have direction. We will know what our job performance will be based on. And God has given us a beautiful job description. This morning, I want to ask you, what is your reality with God? Is God first in our expectation of ourselves, and are we allowing him to help us write our story? Are you allowing God's expectations of us to create your reality. God has given us the reality we should have and the expectations that he has for us. We're going to look at seven expectations of God for us. Number one, seek God, not sin. Turn with me, if you will, to Amos 4. Amos 4. Amos 4, verses 5, or chapter 5, verse 4. This is what the Lord says to the house of Israel. Seek me. Seek me and live. Our human nature is drawn to sin. God has given us a choice and he tells us to seek him only. In the book of Amos, God has tried to get the Israelites to turn their hearts back to him. Are we seeking God like he wants us to? Are we seeking God like he wants us to? Number two, fear God, not men. Proverbs 19, 23. Proverbs 19, 23. What a man desires, I'm sorry, I'm starting verse 22. What a man desires is unfailing love. Better to, to be poor than a liar. Listen to verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. Untouched by trouble. We have it so good in America. I worry that we've lost all fear of God. What do you mean, Shane? What, what do you mean? How, why do I want to fear God? Do we rest so much on God's grace that we've lost our amazement in our Creator? Why would we fear God, the creator of love? Because he has expectations. And on the judgment day, we don't talk about this much. We don't say this a lot anymore. 
And I don't like it when it's said a whole lot. But here's reality. On the judgment day, God will send many to hell. Read his word. But God, look what I did for you. I never knew you. Fearing God helps us to make the correct choices in life. A.W. Tozer wrote, it is impossible, I love this, it is impossible to keep our moral practices sound and our inward attitudes right while our idea of God is erroneous or inadequate. Fear God. It's the beginning. And the beauty of it is that after we've done that, that fear can subside. We'll talk about that later. But fear God first. Number three. Love God and not the world. 1 John 2. 1 John chapter 2. 15 through 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of the sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever what is the object of your affection what of this world gets more attention by you than God is there a work is it pride is it power is it hobbies is it TV? Is it social media? Is it your truck or your car? Is it your computer? What is the object of your affection? What is first? Number four, believe God and not the deceiver. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verses 42 through 44. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God. And now I'm here. I have not come on my own. But he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong 
to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. How much does Satan attack us every day with lies of things that he says will make us happy? Dennis Rainey wrote, as believers, sometimes we don't want to believe the truth. When life and scripture collide, which one do you believe and trust? The deceiver wants us to believe the lie. Will you believe God? The scripture tell us that without faith it is impossible to please God. But our nature is to move toward unbelief. Never forget that your adversary is the father of lies. He wants to destroy you. So he works to make us doubt the promises and to accuse our brothers and sisters in Christ. The scripture colliding with your daily life. Number five, serve God and not self. Isaiah 6, Isaiah 6, verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Don't you just love Isaiah's courage? As you study God's word, and as he tells us how to live, or what to do. Are we saying what Isaiah said with that much courage? Here am I, send me, send me, God. Worship God, not comfort. Habakkuk 3. Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk. Chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there is no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Who do you run to during the trials of life? I guess I've always thought and seen. I guess most people run to God during this time. Because I've been blessed with many wonderful brothers and sisters in my life. But as I've talked to people that are hurting, I'm now starting to realize that that's not always where they run to. 
They put on this facade of everything's okay, but it's not. They blame God. They're looking for answers. But they're not looking for the answers to the one that can sustain them forever. Worship God, not comfort. And number seven, our last one. Obey God. Obey God. First Corinthians. Chapter 9. First Corinthians chapter 9. 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race. All the runners run. But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No. I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. John 14, verse 15. John 14, verse 15. Why do we do all this? Simple little verse spoken by our Savior. And the question we can constantly ask ourselves... If you love me, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Very simple, isn't it? Do you love him? You do or you wouldn't be here. I know that. But how are we doing? On God's expectations. Going to men's retreat, Ed and I got into a super deep discussion on the word eternity. I don't know how to explain it. But I think it is something that 
we have to look forward to. And if you're a numbers person, the average lifespan currently, 79 years. 79 years. I couldn't put any more zeros on there for eternity. What is more important to you? Two digits versus infinity. That's what we have to look forward to. Of happiness. Of joy. Of constant worship to God. we really understood or stopped for one second to think about eternity how would we live what decisions would you make differently what would we argue about what would we argue about Matthew 22. Matthew chapter 22. What is the greatest command, Lord? Jesus replied in verse 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Okay, what does that look like, Lord? I love you. You just told me, if you love me, obey my command. What do you want me to do, God? Follow my example, he says. Look at, look at Matthew 3. One of my favorite verses. I have many, but... Matthew 3... Verse 13, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, what? I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. For what? Why? Why why do we do it? Because it's proper. It's proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness, Jesus said. And John said, okay. And as soon as Jesus was baptized... He went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. 
With him I am well pleased. In Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. The apostles have just all of a sudden got these flaming tongues on their head. Can you imagine? They're completely filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Israelites have realized what they've done wrong. They now realize what Jesus was. The Savior of all mankind. They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord your God will call. I know that this has been a lesson with a lot of, whew, and I, I really didn't want to do one like this, but I kept going back to it as I prayed about what to talk about this Sunday. This is not a lesson we hear very often. We haven't studied baptism in a long time. The waters are ready. Jesus can forgive every sin you have. Right now. And then the fear goes away if we continue to live for him. You can fall away from that. You can fall away from that grace. The Bible teaches it. What a beautiful thing. Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism and death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, though the glory of Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Why is this important to God? Because he commanded us to. He commanded us to have that kind of faith that this water, it's just water. But it's a representation of being buried with Christ. That's special. That is so special. 
Here's the reality, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Here's reality to all humankind. We can't stop it. We're all going to die. <laughs> right? Unless the Lord comes back. It's reality. Average age, 79 years. It's reality. Heather and I went to a funeral this week down in Wellington. Uh, Mac Deaver, he's a preacher at uh, Sheffield uh, Church of Christ where my brother goes to worship. And his wife, June, passed away. A beautiful, beautiful Christian lady. She was sweet and kind and just incredible and meant a lot to the to the church family down there um after it was over heather and i were headed back and heather's like what do you want your funeral to be like and i said i not like that it was slow songs and it was I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, we know where she's at. So Heather, I said, I want it to be, I want to be a happy party. Heather's, Heather's going to serve frito pie at, at my funeral. <laughs> and I threw in ribeyes. I want y'all to have frito pie and ribeyes at my funeral. With some mashed potatoes and gravy and Katie's cheese rolls. Go put me where you're going to put me. Then come back here and eat and have a party. And fellowship together and encourage each other. Why do I want that? The funeral party is not about me. It's about God. Many of us have been taken off mission over the last couple of years by all the junk of this world. We're getting back into it. We're excited about all that y'all did through Go Weekend and upcoming marriage seminar and We've got to continue to strive. Continue to try to hold up the expectations of our Lord and Savior. Brothers and sisters, that job description, what is your job? What is your job? Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, and go, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, 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 I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's our job. You coaches are not coaches first. You're to share the love of Jesus. Teachers, you're not teachers first. We're to lead people to Jesus. That's our job. Bankers, I'm supposed to lead people to Jesus. And after you've believed in Jesus Christ and realize how special he is in your life, he asks you to be buried with him in baptism. And I would love to baptize you this morning. If you are hurting the beauty of the church is to hear is here to help you, to pray with you, to lift you up. That's our job, also, right? That's our job. To encourage you and lift you up. To bring glory to God in all that we do. If we can help you with any of that, we would love to as we stand and sing this song.